Now, not everybody's on board. Not everybody fully understands what is the answer. Now, we know that that answer is Jesus Christ. Hands down, there's no steps, there's no this, there's no that, there's no magic pill. It's Jesus Christ. But how do we convince the world that it's Jesus Christ when this world wants to push Christ more and more and more away? Statistically speaking, I just wanted to read you guys a few statistics about drug addictions and what's kind of going on. So according to the Addiction Center of America, addiction is more common than many realize. There are approximately uh, 20 million, uh, 20.6 million people in the United States over the age of 12 that were addicted in the year 2011. Um, although most of the people didn't get treatment, over 3 uh, million people did receive treatment, and again, this is 2011. Now, this has since doubled in that time. So if you look at, statistically speaking, 20 million now goes to 40 million, 3 goes to 6, and even in this year, uh, increasing even more and more when it comes to treatment. Over 20 million Americans over the age of 12 have an addiction, including tobacco, or not including tobacco, um, a hundred people die every day from drug overdoses. Over five million emergency rooms daily uh, are recorded. I mean, think about that. That is just astronomical. And again, you know, who know? I mean, I'm sure the numbers are off a little bit here and there, but it gives us a ballpark. 9.4 million people in 2011 reported driving under the influence of illicit drugs. 6.8 million people with an addictive have also a mental illness. We run into this a lot. Many, you know, most drug-addicted folks say they have bipolar or this. When you, really, you do. You know, you're sober this day, and you're Jones in this day, and you're high this day. So there are three different people going on in there. But the medical field doesn't look at it like that because they don't deal with the addiction. It's how can we treat to sustain life. And so it's not let's get off the heroin. It's let's get a pill to make it so where this, that, and other things. So, I mean, it's really the, the mental illness side, the... Rate of illicit drug use is the highest among 18 to 25, and we actually see that growing now to fall into that range of 25 to 36. That is steadily climbing right there in the midst. Uh, over 90% of those uh, with addictions began drinking, smoking, or using illicit drugs before the age of 18. And we could get into, I mean, there's a hundred other different statistics here on the different drugs from you know, uh, over 11% of Americans drive uh, under the influence. Approximately 7,000 uh, people try marijuana for the first time every day. I mean, that's a lot if you just think of first-time users. Uh, over 8 million Americans reported to have used cocaine. And the list just goes on and on and on. What I found out is that one in three people are affected by drug addiction. Now, does that mean that one in three use? No, one in three are affected. If you just think of your own life, do you know somebody that's a drug addict? Do you know somebody that's an alcoholic? Well, I imagine that every single one of you in this room pretty much would say, yes, if not, I'll introduce you to our ladies and that'll make it 100% and go from there. But how do we, as the church, help? And it really, it starts with us. I mean, and, and, what I, and not just the church, but the individual. And so if you'd like to open up your Bibles, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 25. And then we're going to talk about 10 ways to extend God's grace to hurting people. And we'll rush through them. They're not all long points or anything along them lines. And we'll get you out of here, Lord willing, right on time. 
But in verse 34 of Matthew chapter 25, it says, Then, uh, and you may notice that we have a, a different Bible, but hey, that's okay too. You know, if mine doesn't read exactly like yours does. Uh, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, and here at the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer, and saying, Lord, when, uh, when saw we thee uh, hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw uh, we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick? or in prison, or came unto thee. And the king uh, shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done all of this to the least of these my brethren, ye have done unto me. Then shall he say unto them, unto the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For when I was a hungered, ye gave me no meat. When I was thirsty, ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. There shall also answer him, saying, Lord, we saw, uh, when saw we thee hungered, and a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to thee? Then uh, shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did not, uh, did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And we'll stop right there. Think about that. How often do we, and I mean we, because I'm, I'm, I do this for a living, but yet I fall into the same category, see a bum on the side of the road and think, man, just go get a job. You know, go get a job. Sitting there panhandling, I work hard for my money. What makes me think, you, you know, you think I want to give you what I've earned? Mm. We all do that. You know, when it comes to society and when it comes to the drug addict, when it comes to the homeless, when it comes to all these people that kind of fall into the same category, you know, well, if we could just get rid of them, then we'd be okay. You know, if you didn't have any drug addicts, my home would probably never be broken into. You know, if everybody had a job, there'd probably be no crime. And so we, we just look at all this. But what, is, what does God say? You know, to the least of these, because some of them are our brethren. I was a born-again Christian, and because of my rebellion to the Lord, I never had his freedom to my drug addiction, which led me to be a homeless thief and crackhead. And if you'd have looked at me, you'd have turned away, you'd have held your purse, you'd have held your wallet. But to the least of these... And he says, my brethren, you did it not to me. And so I want to talk to you about 10 ways where we can extend God's grace to hurting people and therefore help the drug epidemic that is going on, not just in America, but here in our own county. I read that uh, via, I think, Channel 23 News, our local news, that la in 2016, there was 235 drug overdose deaths, or, uh, overdose deaths here. 
That's a lot. That doesn't count how many overdose where the Narcan saves somebody. That's the drug they give to, you know, put out the opium, um, counteract it. I mean, but 235 deaths. I think of those that I know personally that are dead because of it this last year. So, number one, the first way that we can extend God's grace to hurting people is trust the Lord. Psalms 18.30 says, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to those that trust in Him. We cannot lead if we are floundering or perplexed in confusion. Although we hurt, we grieve, we must be anchored and we must anchor our trust in God. For our own walk and to strengthen others must be a walk of faith. So the number one way to express God's grace to hurting people is first with you, trusting the Lord. Having your faith, your trust, your dependence, your comfort, your anchor attached fitly to the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Then we're going to look and see another way to extend God's grace to hurting people is to cast your cares upon the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares upon the Lord, for, or upon Him, for He careth for you. Before you can counsel or seek to encourage others, try to get alone with the Lord and cast your cares upon Him. You want to be a burden bearer, not a burden giver to those that are hurting. A lot of times we want to try to help somebody, but we are so overwhelmed ourselves in life that we end up dumping our load on those that we're trying to help. These folks that come to us, we end up reversing the role. They came to us for help, but yet we're putting all of our cares on them because we haven't had alone, you know, gotten that time alone with the Lord. And this, this is specific. And if you think about it, you're getting ready to meet with somebody, you're getting ready to work, you know, help somebody, you see somebody on the street and you maybe only got that two-second prayer. Lord, drain me that you can live through me. Lord, whatever is hindering me from allowing your son Jesus Christ to live through this vessel, remove it right now that I can be a burden bearer. Another way that we can extend God's grace to hurting people is to listen to the Lord. 1 Kings 19.12 says, And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Grief is a, has a way of quickening our hearts so that we can't hear the still, small voice of the Lord. Every day there's something going on in your life that's going to cause a hurt. I don't know that there's been a day in my life that's been 100% jolly-go-lucky. That doesn't mean we don't have the joy of the Lord. It doesn't mean that we don't have the peace that passes understanding. But what it does mean is in that moment when that trial, that fire, that hurt comes, if we don't listen to the voice of the Lord and that's the exact same time where somebody hurting comes to us, the world doesn't need our wisdom. The world doesn't need man's help. The world needs Christ. And if we're unable to hear the small, still voice of the Lord, then we're giving useless knowledge. We're giving things that aren't really going to help. Another way to extend God's grace to hurting people 
is to guard your heart. You guys start to see a theme going on here? That the best way to extend God's grace to hurting people starts with us. Starts with us getting our lives fully right under the Lord. Because you know when we're right fully under the Lord that we have His boldness. You know that when we're fully right under the Lord that His grace really does seem sufficient even though the Word of God already says it is. I know we doubt that on a daily basis as we go through our own struggles. But as we get right with the Lord, we're able to extend that God's grace to hurting people. Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all diligence for out of the issues of life. Uh, 1 Peter 5.8, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, a walking about seeking whom he may desire. If there's a time you are especially vulnerable to Satan's deceptions, it's when you're hurting and when you're bearing the hurts of others. Be vigilant and guard your heart. You see in is it Galatians is it 5 or 6 where it says, uh, Ye which are spiritual, you know, restoring such one in the spirit of meekness. But it also tells you to, to do what? To consider yourself unless you're also tempted. And so we need to be vigilant into what we're doing so that we can have our own hearts guarded. You know, if say if you're working with an alcoholic and the next thing you know, this alcoholic sees you at a bar because you weren't vigilant, uh, does he really think that God's grace is sufficient? And what about this? What if this alcoholic sees you at a bar, but you were there just to rescue somebody else. Where we, you know, the Bible says to abstain from the appearances of evil. You know, these are the little tacks that the devil uses in our life to try to throw off the testimony of Christ. You're in there doing something noble. You're in there doing something good. And yet the devil is going to try to attack and so when you're guarding your heart, when that man or that woman comes back and says, hey, I've seen you so-and-so do it, you know, is your heart guarded from that attack, ready so that you can deliver God's grace? Another way, we're on number five here, another way uh, is to speak with grace. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool uttereth all his mind, but the wise man keepeth it till afterwards. In World War II, the United States used the phrase, loose lips sink ships, to warn servicemen and citizens to avoid careless talk concerning secure information. Loose lips also hurt people. You know, if somebody comes to you and you're trying to work with them, and next thing you know, five other people know what they told you, you've probably lost your ability to minister because they come in confidence. They come there to hear. But also as you deliver that grace back to them. The next we're going to look at is, is go to the need. 2 Timothy 1.16 says, The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onephesus, uh, for he have aught refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Don't hide from the struggle. Don't hide from hurting people. Sometimes it's going to take you to go rescue them. Sometimes it's going to take your feet to the ground because otherwise they're not going to come. Most people don't know that this is God's hospital. They have no idea that this is the rescue spot. You know, if you want, to, you want the real rescue mission, this is it. But most people don't know that, so you need to go tell them that. 
Give sustained support. 2 Corinthians 8.11 Now therefore uh, perform the doing of it, that it or that as there was uh, the readiness to, do, to will, so there are many that be performed also, uh, also out of that which ye have. So be ready to give sustained support. Look, I'm telling you, when you work with hurting people, you're going to get hurt. And so the moment you get a hurt, we want to run. It's just our natural. you got that, that fight or flight uh, ingrained in us that you know every person has a fight or a flight and sometimes both of us have the same thing you know sometimes you're going to want to fight but other times you know if you get hurt it may be a quick run but give sustained support because they need you if they don't know the rock of jesus christ which is the ultimate stability in life they need to know of his people that are and if the rock that they only know and you're the only representation of Jesus Christ is wavery, then they're never going to know who Jesus Christ is. Number eight, inform others as needed. We kind of talked about this just a second ago. But Proverbs 2.12 says, Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. Again, confidential. You know, there's going to be certain times when you talk with people that your pastor is going to just need to know. It's above your pay level per se. To deal with. And then there's other things that it's, it's going to harm. Maybe their children are in danger. Maybe his wife's in danger. Maybe your pastor's going to need to know. But it doesn't mean that the rest of the congregation does. You know, and there's certain times that we need to just use discretion. Ask for wisdom. First, or for, from James 1.5, any, any of you that lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and abradeth not. And it shall be given unto him. We don't all have the answers. You know, read this book, read this book, read this book, but I don't know all this book. I wish I had every verse committed to memory. I wish I could pull every, you know, every rabbit out of the hat per se. I just can't. But so in them quick moments, Lord, give me wisdom. He give it to all men liberally. And then the, the, the last point here, point number 10, is maintain focus. Wherefore, seeing we are also come passed about with a great cloud of witnesses, Lay aside, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Maintain focus, and that focus is Jesus Christ. That focus isn't the hurting individual. That focus isn't you. That focus is Jesus Christ. And if we can maintain focus we'll start to see the local church have great victory when it comes to influencing God's or influencing people, hurting people, the addicted, the addiction epidemic in America, we'll start to see that go away if every local church starts to do these 10 things. So trust in the Lord, casting your care upon the Lord, listening to the Lord, guard your heart, speak with grace, go to the need, give sustained support, inform others as needed, ask for wisdom, and maintain focus. Okay, so I went five minutes long, and I apologize. We try to get through 10 points in 10 minutes. So, uh, look, I want to thank you once again, Pastor. Pulpit is yours once again. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys, and we thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you, Pastor. Praise team, if you would come. They did a study a while back, and my wife always hated this study um, because of how they did it, but they had 
a, a fuzzy monkey and they had a wire monkey and the wire monkey had a bottle in it <clears throat> and they put the little baby monkey in the cage and the baby monkey would always stay on the fuzzy monkey until it was absolutely starving then would run over and nurse off the wire monkey and then it would run back. The reason I say that is because the state is good at doing a lot of things when it comes to feeding or sustaining but they don't love you guys. And I think that when you guys get into this place where you find people that actually love you, I think that's what makes more of the difference than any of the other parts. And let me just selfishly say this, because I asked the Lord if I could say this, and, and, and I just want to tell you this as a dad, and the older you get, the younger everyone else looks to you. And then when you're a pastor, everybody, it, you know, it just changes your relationships with people. But I want you to know this from a, from a dad's heart. God's proud of you. Do you know that? Your dad is proud of you. And I just want you to know that. 